Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. So this morning, I'm going to finish a series that we've been in called This Is Us, and it's about our core values, and those are just our, some guiding ministry principles that we have here at LifePoint. Um, at the end, toward the end of my message, I'm going to share with you what God told me to tell you about our 2020. Um, next week, I'll preach on that, um, what, God, uh, what I shared with you that God said. I'll preach on that all next Sunday. Then we have our Christmas service. Then I want to come back at the end of the year and kind of um, hit a little bit of what I started talking about this morning, just in case you wondered. So our series is called This Is Us. So let me reflect or review just real quick, and we'll jump into um, this morning's uh, word. How many love God's word? God's word. You know, it's essential. It is life-changing, isn't it? It is life-altering. I heard someone say, seven days without God's word makes one week. My point is, I hope you had some word in between last Sunday and this Sunday. And Wednesday night did count. Thank you for being here. How many we learned some good stuff about worship Wednesday night? So we started off um, this uh, series talking about just some core values. And the first one was we grow. And we're learning to live a life of faith. And we talked about just how to evaluate um, if we really are being a disciple because that's what Jesus called us to be as disciples. Then we talked about being generational. Um, Pastor Devin shared that week, just said it's our heart to honor and empower um, every generation that's in our church, not just the oldest, not just the youngest. Then we did a week talking about we serve and how it's important to give our lives away. Um, last weekend, we talked about con- we connect, doing life in a circle, not in a row. We're better together and um, how important it is to have some people in your circle. And I appreciate all of the feedback. We had a lot of good feedback over the last few weeks. So um, the last um, core value would be this, that we are purposeful. Everyone say purposeful. The way we tagged it is this, that we are intentional about fulfilling our God assignments. I would put it this way, that we are intentional or it's our purpose to achieve our aim. You know, if you have no aim, you have no achievement, right? So we, we, we want to be purposeful and intentional and passionate about um, achieving what we're aiming at. And that means we have to have some things that we're aiming at. And so I like to kind of start off with this a little bit of a statement before I jump into some scripture. Um, the way God looks at things is a little bit different than how we often look at things. He has a different perspective. He has a better perspective. And I've shared this before, but... Um, the best way I've ever heard someone talk about God's point of view or God's POV would be this, that if, you're, if you are at a parade, you actually get to see a little bit what's coming, what's right in front of you, and just what went by. But you can't see the rest of the parade route or the rest of the parade um, um, participants. But God would have the highest perspective in the city. He sees it before it happens, right when it's happening, right after it happens, when it starts again. God has a higher perspective than ours. And here's how God looks at things. He looks at your life, my life. He looks at the life of, a, of an organization, an individual, or a church in seasons. Everyone say seasons. So he looks at things in seasons. 
And in those seasons, there are unique opportunities, there are unique assignments, there are unique anointings, there are unique graces. That's how God looks at things from, from the perspective of seasons. And aren't you glad God does some new things in, in new seasons? <clears throat> and right before I came up here, the Lord spoke this to me, so I wrote this down. He said, there's a new blessing in your new year. And he said this, God's a giver, so we got to get ready to be a better receiver. And receivers lives, live with their hands open. This is worship. This is giving. This is receiving. But there's a new blessing in your new year. That wasn't in my notes. That was free of charge. That just happened. Um, and so there are seasons. And then within the seasons, there are opportunities. There are um, unique anointings. There are unique graces. There are unique assignments. And for us as a church and for you as you, we need to be intentional and purposeful that we're going to discover and fulfill those purposes. Amen? We need to be people who want, don't, don't you want to have and do and be all that God wants you to be? And so those are, those, uh, those are in seasons. And so God does some new things in some new seasons. I believe there's some seasons for our church. There's some seasons for your life. And if you just look at your life, as God does, there are seasons. And then there are seasons, there is always what? Seed, time, harvest. And the Bible says that will never stop. No matter what they tell you about the trees or global warming or any of that, y'all don't have to freak out. He said there will always be seed, time, harvest. Matter of fact, your next season of harvest has everything to do with your season of sowing right now. So there's seed. If you've been sowing the right things, then you don't have to be freaked about about, about your next season. If you've been sowing the wrong things, you might want to freak out a little bit and repent. But if you've been sowing, and sowing comes in many ways, right? So let's talk about living purposefully. I've got three points, and I'm going to share with you what God told me to tell you about next year, if I get to it. <laughs> so I'm going to take my three points from three scriptures. They're found in the book of Ephesians, and this is chapter 5. Let's look at verse 15. It says, look carefully, then how you what? How you walk. Live Live purposefully, it's on the screen, <laughs> live purposefully and, worth, and worthily, purposefully, worthily, blah, 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 and what? Accurately. That's how God wants us to live. Purposefully, worthily, and accurately. Not as someone who is unwise and witless, but someone who is what? Wise. Everyone say, my mama. Didn't raise no fool. God wants us to be wise, right? That means be sensible, intelligent. How many of you just wish there were a few more sensible people around you, a few more intelligent? Not this morning. I didn't mean like right around you this morning. But it does say this. It says, look careful how you walk. Walk with purpose. Walk with accuracy. Walk with um, a worthiness to you. Um, a word we don't use a lot, but one translation, a good translation says this. Walk circumspectfully. So I'll tell you what all those words mean. Here's my first point. If you're going to live purposefully in the seasons of your life with the purposes, the opportunities, the graces, the anointings that are in your life that are so unique to you and are unique to our church, number one, we've got to stay focused. Everyone say focused. What this scripture really means is that you and I need to live alert we need to live aware, we need to take heed, we need to be diligent, and we need to make sure we're being accurate. We need to be focused. Um, 
God's gift to you is potential. Your gift back to God is what you do with that potential. His gift to you is that unique uh, ability, that unique anointing, um, those things that happen. His gift to you is that season. And what we do, what we do back for God in worship is how accurately we live, how focused we live, how purposefully we live within those seasons. We don't want to waste those seasons. I mean, have you ever, have you ever just felt like all of a sudden you look back and you're like, how did my kids get older? How, you know, I'm not doing very good at this. I'm not doing very good at that. Well, we got to stay what? Focused. Look at someone and say, he's talking to you. This is how you live with purpose. You stay focused. Proverbs says this. I mean, some of you said that with some gusto. Proverbs says this, chapter 29, verse 18. This is the Message Bible. I know you know this, but it says this. Um, this I'm going to read a little bit different in the Message Bible. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. A better translation of that verse w- would be this. Without a vision, people perish. Without a divine revelation of God or what God is doing, people have a, di- a-, a tendency to cast off restraints They start to wander aimlessly. They actually start to go backward. They're exposed. They start to miss their aim that we were talking about. So the Bible says we need vision. We need God vision. We need God revelation for our life. Amen? And first of all, what that means is the word of God. How many know we need some God revelation for our life? Without this book, we have a tendency to cast off the restraints. We have a tendency to go backwards. How many know if you're not progressing, you're regressing? So we got to stay our lives on the word of God. Anyone grateful for the word of God? So the word of God is revelation to us. When we get revelation, it keeps us what? In restraints. It keeps us in our lane. When you, when you go to go down the highway, there are lanes painted on the road to keep you in your lane. That's what the word of God does. That's what that scripture means, keeps you in your lane. Without those lanes, without the words of Jesus, without the word of God, we have a tendency to what? Get out of our lane. Cast off restraints. Go backwards. And it actually means this in, in the actual translation, that we cast off our clothing and we're embarrassed. That's what it means. No one wants to see that, right? No one got no time for that. So what the Word of God does, and in particular, not even just the Word of God, but God's Word for a season or God's call on your life for a season or God's um, message on your life for a season, that's revelation to us, and it keeps us in our lane, keeps us in our restraints. So without that, the Bible says we have a tendency to regress. So if we're going to live with purpose as a church, we got, we got to be what? We, we got to be focused. We got to stay focused. For your own life, you got to stay focused. Why do I say that? Because there are a lot of distractions, challenges, setbacks, confusion, misunderstandings, etc., 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 and they're all designed to what? To get you out of purpose. To get you what? Out of focus. If it's out of focus, how many know it's not real clear? Well, what God wants to do is what the Word of God is. It brings things into clarity. When your leader walks up here and says, here's what God's saying for the year, it's what it does. Brings things. You know, if you ever put a pair of binoculars on, it's a little fuzzy at first. You're like, look at this. You're like, whoa. Well, you start to what? Bring it into focus. It shows you what's out there at a distance, and it brings it in, right? And so I thought this was neat. I came across this the other day. Here's some signs that you're living with purpose. Just some signs. And, you know, if you, if you are a leader especially or over an organization or a business or um, you're a part of something important, these will make a lot of sense. So here's how you know you're living with purpose and you're staying focused. Here's some things that you'll notice. I'm going to do them real quick. Um, first of all, you start to see yourself surrounded with the right people. Because if God's given you a vision and a call and direction, he also, it also includes what? Other people. 
So he's going to send the right people to you. How about this? Um, you, you take your responsibilities very seriously. Someone who's not serious about their responsibilities, aren't, they're not what? Fo- focused. People who achieve, people who um, uh, do great things, they're, they're very focused people, and they're very serious about what their responsibilities are. Here's another good one. If you're living with purpose, you're very authentic. Very authentic. Now, we have talked as a team here at the church the last year or so. The biggest thing I want for our church is I want to be authentic. I don't want to be a carbon copy. Uh, there's lots of things, you know, other churches we take, and we put, but I want to be authentic because I believe that's where Jesus really helps people when you're very authentic, right? So purpose gives you authenticity. Um, here's another thing about people who are focused and they, ha- uh, they live with purpose is they're always committed to improving or pushing forward, in other words, they kind of live with an evaluation of their own life. And not, not to say, like, we're never good enough. It's just saying if you want to be authentic and you want to be focused, it could be in your business, it could be in your marriage, it, as a church, we want to be authentic. God sends right people to you. You take things seriously. Um, you're always evaluating and pu- pushing forward. How about this? You don't let the fear of failure or other people restrain you. There's a lot of us who haven't done what God's called us to do because we are afraid to fail. Did y'all hear that? But when we stay focused on purpose, we're not afraid to fail, and we're not afraid of other people's opinions. Here's a few more. Aren't these cool? Um, How about this? We're more decisive. We refuse to compare. We're grateful people. We have a conviction, and we don't wait for perfection. Here's what I mean by that. Sometimes we think, well, when I get perfect, I'm going to do my purpose. Or when I get it all together, I'm going to fulfill my call. Well, the process, the success is in the journey. It's in the process. Well, one day when me and my spouse get it all right and we get it all together, then it's going to be magical. Well, how many know that the success is in the journey? So how do you live with purpose? Well, you, 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 you and I have to stay focused. This next season, the blessings in this next season, the things God's going to ask you to do, what God's called you to be, you need to stay focused because we live in a world right now that has a lot of distractions. Good distractions, neutral distractions, bad distractions, they're just a lot of distractions. Reminds me of this story. So we're, we're, close, to, um, we're close to Christmas, right? Y'all remember the story when the angel showed up to the Virgin Mary? Y'all remember that? And he said, guess what, Virgin Mary, teenage girl, you're going to have a baby. Not only are you going to have a baby, you're going to have God's baby. That's a whole different level, right? You remember your first child, you're just a little freaked out, right? And you know, like the guy I was married to is going to be something. But if it's God and he says, you're about to have, give birth to my only son, that's a bigger deal. And so they have the miraculous birth, they're in the manger, the nativity, the stars, the wise men, the sheep, the dog. Y'all remember that story, right? Well, think about the story goes a little, fast forward the story a little bit, and they've been journeying for a few days. And all of a sudden, Mary realizes Jesus is not in the caravan with them. Just sidestep. It's God's only son. <laughs> miraculous birth. Remember Herod killed all the young men under two, survives that terrorist incident, born in a stable, God's miraculous baby. He's starting to grow up, and you lose him for a few days. <laughs> it's not what I think God was lo- looking for. A- a- and so when they find him, Mary confronts him a little correctively it says, what are you doing? Where, why aren't you with us? And what did Jesus say? He was, he was back where they were teaching the word. And he said, didn't you know that I must be about 
my father's business. He was focused. What about you? What about me? Can we say, I must be about my father's business. Guys, that's what it's all about in 2020. It's about the father's business. Yeah, your business, your stuff is important, but the highest priority in my life and in your life is to stay focused on the purposes of God. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's keep reading here in verse 16. So it, it says this, we need to walk with accuracy. And then look at verse 16. We need to make the most of the time that we have, and we need to buy up every opportunity because there are evil days around us. So we need to stay focused. And number two, we need to remain ready. Remain ready. Everyone say ready. ready. Um, I, I say that because the scripture says we need to be opportunistic and we need to have some urgency about ourselves. And the one translation says we need to redeem the time. And that word redeem the time actually means, it can mean two different things. It means to make the most use of our time. Now, if you're a little bit like me, you have the greatest of intentions. But I want to hurt your feelings, but intentions don't count. Okay, how many of you ever went home with the greatest of intentions of completing this big task list? Or on a Saturday? And you slip a little bit longer, then game day was on. And then after game day was over, there was like the game of the week. And it went in, and there was another one, the game of the week. And now it's like 8 o'clock, and like now's the big game of the week, right? And have you ever just had the greatest of intentions? But intentions don't count. I, I can be like that sometimes. I'll be like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to do this. This is my briefcase. I'm going to get this done. And somehow I'll procrastinate. I get sidetracked. There's nothing wrong with some rest. I'm not saying that. But we need to live and ready. Live ready. And what it means is to make the most of our opportunities. Make the most of our time. This is interesting, too. It also means this. Um, it means to buy back culture's direction. Buy back the direction of culture. Boy, I think that's a word for a church. That's a word for a believer. To be opportunistic, to live ready, to make the most of our opportunities means this. We're buying back the direction of culture. My point is this. If the church, if our church was a little more focused and living a little more ready, we could buy back culture's direction. We could redeem the direction of culture. If we're a little less consumed with us and maybe a little more consumed with the purposes of God, we can buy back culture's direction. Man, when I studied that out, I was like, wow, that is good. So in essence, here's what this means, and this will make sense, to redeem time. Aren't you glad God's a redeemer? God can redeem a relationship. God can redeem time. He can redeem finances. He can redeem health. He's a redeemer. But when it says to redeem your time, it means this, to go into a very crowded marketplace with lots of people with lots of opinions, with lots of traffic, with lots of options on the shelf, get what you went in for, get it, get out, and get on with things. I just described every man during Christmas season. <laughs> you want to get in the mall, find what you went in for, get it, get out, and get on with things. Not you ladies. You want to see what else is in there, right? You, what else is on the shelf, even if you don't want it? My wife will pick something out. This is awesome. I love this. Is that why well, you're going to get it? No, I don't think so. 
Like, so we stood here and talked about how awesome this was for 10 minutes, but you're not going to buy it. A guy's like, I don't care if it's $4,000, time is money, let's get out of here. And she's like, well, it's $4.99. If it was $4.27, I would have probably bought it. Because women are better at deals, right? But to redeem means find a deal. It means, give, it means get in, get on, get on with some stuff. God's got some stuff this year for you to get a hold of, get out, get on with in your life. It's been dragging you down, distracting you, and detouring you. It's time to redeem it. It's time to move on. It's time for God to restore it. Amen. Live focused. Live ready. Now, in the Bible, there are two words for time. Kronos and kairos. Kronos means this, Duration. Duration of a time period. And we all have different chronoses in our life or periods of time. But kairos means this, the pregnant moments of your life. In other words, the significant moments within duration of time. There are purposes in those duration of time. In other words, there is a duration or a season of your life right now. In that season, there are some pregnant moments. There are some purposeful moments and the Bible says this, people who know the seasons and know the times, I believe, are God's people. And there's a season, there's a time, there's a season right now. And in that season, I want to challenge you as you get ready to wrap up 19 and go into 2020, ask God, God, what am I pregnant about in 2020? God, what, what is pregnant in our life? What is due in 2020? What in my life is due? What have I been believing for? God, what do you want to redeem in 2020, this next season. For our church, we we're going to stay focused. We're going to live ready. And I give you the same, the, the, the same challenge. And, and I remember this. Jesus was praying in, in, in the book of John as he's walking with his team. And he started praying a few things. Uh, at the end of that prayer, he's actually praying for us. He actually is looking into the future and praying for us. John chapter 17. But he also prays this prayer. He said, Father, I have completed and I have finished everything that you gave me to do, your will down here on earth. Well, remember when he was younger, he had an I must. Now we see him praying and say, God, I finished. See, there's some things God wants to finish this year. And there's some new things he wants to start. One thing God doesn't do is leave things unfinished. Have you ever had a few projects unfinished? Here's what, here's what happens. You start to feel what? Overwhelmed. Am I talking to the right crowd? I mean, you know, that carpet needs done, that kid's room needs, that furniture needs put together, that needs painted, and it starts to overwhelm you. And I just believe this is the season for God to finish some things. Finish some things, which means we need to cooperate with God. If you need to finish it in the physical, I believe it'll help you in the spiritual. So if we're purposeful people, um, even with the vision God has given us here at LifePoint, then, then we, gotta, we have to stay focused we need to live ready. In your individual life, stay focused, live ready, because if you don't stay focused, your aim's gonna be all over the place. And here's the last one, verse number 17. Therefore, well, how many know when you find the word therefore, you need to stop and find out what, what is therefore, right? Well, if you read all this in context, it's talking, it's talking about darkness being out there, uh, but now we have light in us, right? And so put this all together, um, vision gives us light. All right, so therefore, do not be vague, don't be thoughtless, and don't be foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of God is. How many want to know what the will of God is? Well, the book of Romans says this, if you renew your mind, you will know the will of God. You'll know the perfect will of God, the acceptable will of God, 
the reasonable will of God. How do you know that, though? Your mind has to be what? Renewed. How does your mind get renewed? With revelation from the word of God. So we need to be focused or stay focused. We need to live ready, and we need to keep running. Somebody say, keep running. Habakkuk said this in in chapter 2, and I know you know this verse, but it says, so God answered. God said, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so it can be read on the, on the what? Red on the run, right? Red on the run. That's a song went over everyone's head. Oh, it's not red. It's love. Love on the run. Never mind. Let's just keep going. <laughs> the vision message is a, it can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way. It will come right on time. And so what the Word of God is saying, we need to get ourselves some revelation. It needs to be revealed, and we need to what? Run with it. God wants you to run with some stuff this year. And, and you know, Paul was talking about this in Philippians. He says, here's what I figured out. I have not achieved it all yet. I want to give you a prophetic word that will comfort you. Ready? Your life right now, three letters, Y-E-T, yet. Yet gives us the idea or the understanding that maybe not yet, but it's not over, it's not done, there's more to come. There's another opportunity, there's a new season, there's a fresh start. Not yet means almost, it's coming, maybe not quite yet, but it says this, the vision, the revelation may be a little slow, but it's coming. It won't lie. And I believe this, there are some things in in your life, the life of this church, and, 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 and there are some pregnant moments in this season, it hasn't happened yet, but the key word is yet because it means it's not over and done, it's coming. But it says this, we gotta get it, write it down so we can what? Run with it. Look at someone and say, it's time to run again. So if, you're, if we as a church, if, if one of our core values is for us to be purposeful, that means we're intentional, which means this, we, we, we want to stay focused, we want to live ready or, or, or continue to remain ready, and we want to keep running. And in your own life, so I'm sort of talking to you individually, I'm talking to you as a church this morning, you, you, you got you to gotta remain ready, you got to keep running. Keep running. I, I know some of you feel a little out of breath. Some of you have maybe lost a little sight of the finish line. Some of you have felt a little resistance. Some of you have felt a little worn down. But keep running. Just keep running forward. And Paul said, I haven't figured it all out yet, but I do this. I forget what's behind, and I press for what's ahead, and I stretch for the high calling of God. Keep stretching. Keep, keep going. Keep running. Look at someone said, he's preaching to you this morning. Don't stop this morning. Don't stop today. Keep on believing. Keep stretching. It means, it says I do this one thing, and it says I forget what's behind, I press what's ahead. Well, that's two things. But Paul calls it one thing. I keep laying some weights down. I keep stretching forward. I keep putting some stuff out of my mind. I keep embracing new revelation. I keep letting yesterday go, and I keep pursuing the future. Paul said, I keep doing that. That's the thing I keep doing. That's what you got to get. Listen, if 2019 was the worst year ever, the countdown is on. The ball's about to drop, and there's a new year. There's a new season for you. 
And I will tell you this, every hardship, every setback, God wastes nothing. He's an opportunistic. So he'll take everything the enemy meant for evil, he will turn it in your favor. What was set to destroy you, God says, I used it to build you. What, what seemed like a, this is how it works. If you take a rubber band and you stretch it all the way back and you let it go, that's how God looks at things. It may have stretched you backwards. You may have felt like it set you back. But when that rubber band is let go, guess what? You end up going further than you did just on your own. So God's about to propel you forward. So before I share with you what, what I know you want to hear um, this morning, I, I just want to reconnect to something um, about our purpose here. And I'm going to ask Pastor Devin to, to put this on the screen. Um, and that, that's this, that it's all about what? That, that's just our vision saying. This is what, to us, it's all about. Now, core values just fit under these few things here. And, and you don't have to memorize every core value, but I do ask you to memorize this. Because when it comes down to it, here's how I believe life change happens. What's the most important thing to us is to honor God. What God said, we honor. And in honoring God, we believe that uh, one of our things we're supposed to do is change, or alter the culture and change lives. This is just us. This is life change. When God gets on, honored, your culture gets changed, your life gets changed. This is our vision. This is our purpose. This is what we stay focused on. This is what we live ready about. And this is what keep, we keep running toward. Amen? Amen. So let me share with you what I believe God told me to share with you for 2020. Isn't it hard to believe? I don't know what happened to 2019, but 2020 is upon us. Now, you, you know this. God, does, God is not restricted by a calendar, but our life is in seasons. And so it, it, it's a sign of a new season. Always great to hit a new season. Let me give you a scripture in the book of Joel chapter 2. I'm going to read two verses to you. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there to you today, say a few things, and I'm going to preach a little more in-depth on this next week. But so if God speaks to me, and God usually does it about, what, August or September, and he'll just drop a word, just drops a word in me. And we start praying as a team, and then we figure out how to say it to you guys and how to keep it before you. And, you know, if you were here last year, um, you actually got one of these. It's the year of what? Happenings. Now, I'm sure you had a lot happen this year. I'm sure all of it wasn't super duper, and all of it maybe wasn't terrible, but there were some happenings this year. The things that God appointed, the things that God uh, saw in your life that were due, and the things that you were expecting. Now, at midnight on 2019 doesn't mean that that evaporates. I believe with God, it all has a carryover effect. Because there were seeds. Some of you saw harvest, and some of you put seeds to it. If you didn't see the harvest yet, it carries on. There is a principle with God and the word of God. It's more than increase. It's actually multiplication. When you increase, it only adds up so much. When there's multiplication, there's more added to it. That's the way God works. So he'll add on last year to next year and the year before on to that. God just, he, he adds on. He stacks it up because he's just a good God. Amen? You say, well, well that, that brings me back to what I said a moment ago. We need to be good receivers. Well, God didn't do what that, That's not receiving. Well, I didn't see this. Well, it's coming because your word is yet. So he dropped this in our hearts and, and probably, actually, uh, maybe even a little before August. Joel chapter 2. Um, two verses, verse 25 and verse 26. Um, very prophetic passage of scripture, um, speaking uh, futuristic, also looking back, speaking to God's people. said, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. 
the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. That just sounds nasty. What that means is there have been some things that were chewed up, consumed, and eaten from your life. Verse 26, but you will eat plenty and you will be satisfied. And you'll praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Verse 27, and you shall know, I don't know, is verse 27 on there? I have verse 27, sorry, I didn't put it on the screen. And you will know and you will understand and you will realize that I am in the midst of Israel and I, I the Lord, am your God and there is none, none else. My people will never be put to shame. Here's what God told me to tell you for 2020. It's your year of restoration. It's your year of restoration. Um, some of you are excited. The rest of you, I don't know what to do with you. Let me try it again. 2020 is your year of restoration. Now, the Bible says this, God's desire is to return to you and to restore to you what was lost. And specifically, the Bible talks about, I'm not going to preach it all this week, but he's going to talk about um, he restores land, he restores time, he restores people, he restores wealth, he restores health. It's your year of restoration. Um, Obviously, the Bible said there were some locusts that came in stages and swarms that came in stages that stole some stuff from you, and God says he's going to restore it to your life. Now, I'll preach more on this next week, but the Bible says this. There, the Bible actually gives three different levels, double, up to five times, even up to seven times. The Bible says if you find a thief, God will restore up to seven times. I'll preach on that next week. But So it's the year of restoration. Um, now, the Bible gives us a couple ideas here. Um, that God, here's when God restores. He restores fortune, and he restores and he returns when we return to him and when we repent. When we, so if there's something you need to repent of, it's the season to repent. And if there's something you need to return, it could even be in your faith. It could even be you know, your trust. It could even be on a next level. When we return and we repent, God, God says this in his word, that I restore and re restoration is a really cool word. You're ready for this? Here's what it means. It's the act of returning something to its former owner, to its former place, and to its former condition. It means I will make all things whole. I will restore dreams, desires, mantles, resources, people, buildings, properties, promises, and things such as excitement, joy, enthusiasm, glory, and peace. So I believe there's some dreams God wants to restore to your life. I believe there's joy he wants to restore to your life. I believe there's peace he wants to restore to your life. I believe there are resources he wants to restore to your life. I believe there are desires he wants to restore to your life. Someone, there's buildings, there's properties. Come on, somebody. There's things God wants to restore this year. There's mantles that you have laid down and anointings that you have laid down. There are marriages God wants to restore. I believe in 19, God came against marriages like never before. It's a year of restoration. There are friendships and relationships God wants to restore. I wrote this down right before I walked up here, and I'll get back to my closing. God said this, there is purpose on you, there is purpose in you, there is purpose for you, and there is purpose through you this year. There's restoration on marriages, careers, money, relationships, your path, your skills, your opportunity, your places, your positions. 
And for someone, there's restoration to your legs. I don't know who that's for or what that means. And then God told me this right before I walked up here. There's going to be a season of homecoming. There's people God's restoring to this church. To their places. I looked back, and in 2015, there's something God gave me that I said. If you remember this, if you were here, um, I kind of prophesied this, that it would be a year of extreme generosity. I don't know if you you remember that. But in that, I, I said this. It was written in my notebook. It said this, that blessings you were robbed of will be restored if you can keep yourself from a victim's mentality. If you can keep, and it takes faith to stay out of a victim's, here's what I mean by victim, why did this happen? Why isn't this happening? Why this? Why that? If you can keep from being a victim, staying in a victim's mentality, God's going to restore blessing. Now, it, it, listen, if you miss that, what you need to do is just go to God and repent. Say, God, I'm so sorry. I repent of letting a victim's mentality. Here's why. A victim cannot receive the blessing of God. Listen, victims, are they live from temporary to temporary, moment to moment, just to get by, just to survive. God didn't call you to survive. He called you to thrive. And you are a vi- there is no one serving Jesus that should be a victim. You're a victor. Because he was not a victim of the cross. He was a victor on the cross. And because he was, a, the Bible said, I'll lead you from victory to victory, level to level, glory to glory to glory, from next phase to this phase. And so know this, that if you can keep yourself from having a victim's mentality, and it takes faith to do that. It takes some faith to do that. God, this was a setback. God, I messed up. God, this happened to me. God, this is coming against us. God, this has challenged our health. This has challenged our money. This has challenged our, this was, we didn't expect this. We didn't see this. I didn't mean to do that. All this stuff, we got to stay out of a victim's mentality, lean into grace because it's sufficient, lean into the word of God because it's our vision. The word of God is what Jesus said about you. That ought to excite you. If we can keep from having a victim's mentality, God restores and listen to this. And when God restores, he returns things to a better condition than they previously were. He adds to it. He multiplies it. And he demands a greater return upon it. You rarely get restored one for one. Rarely do you get restored. Rarely do you get restored one for one. I mean, look at Job. The Bible said God doubled his trouble. You, 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 you can be satisfied with double for your trouble. Or the Bible goes on in Leviticus says God promises up to five times, Deuteronomy 6, 5. And then he says this in the book of Proverbs. I'm just going to read this to you. If he is found out, he must restore seven times what he stole. He must give the whole substance of his house, if necessary, to meet his fine. Here's what I mean. If he's found out, see, if you can stay from being a victim... What the devil wants to do is steal your lunch and blame God for it. If you buy into it that God was against you and God wasn't for you and God put that on you and God put the sickness on you and he messed that up in your life, if you attribute bad to God, you've missed it. There's an enemy that's the thief and he comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. But Jesus comes that you would have life and you would have life more abundantly. So if he's found out, so here's what I'd like you to do over the next few weeks. Find out what he's stolen from you. I think as I'm looking around the crowd, he stole some peace from somebody. He stole some joy from somebody. He stole some relationships from somebody. He stole some health from some people. He stole some money from some people. Come on. He stole some things from you. If you find him out, 
The Bible said he's obligated what? Up to seven times. So if he stole your joy and you've been depressed, get ready for seven times joy. Seven times peace. But you can't stay a victim about it. In other words, God doesn't do it just because you had a setback. He does it because you've been holding on by faith. You've been standing on the word. You've been leaning on some revelation. You've been trusting God when everything said you shouldn't have trusted God. You've been believing for healing through the pain. You've been, you've been believing for restoration through the trial. Come on, who am I talking to? The, the, the locusts. There's some stuff been chewed off your life. The crawling locusts, the chewing locusts, the swarm, all kinds of locusts, right? In other words, there's a lot of locusts, which I didn't know this. Maybe I'll look into that. That's not the important thing. It's been stealing your crop, and it's been stealing your harvest. And God said, I'm going to just restore in 2020. Let's all stand to our feet. I want to end with this question. What's been stolen from you? What's been stolen from you? If you can put a price on it, expect God to bring restitution. Recompense for loss and injury is what it means. It's a year of restitution. It's a year of recompense. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.